This is Wisdom from the Wardrobe, brought to you by Michael Bruce Image Consulting. Hello and welcome. Hi, welcome to Wisdom from the Wardrobe with Michael Bruce Image Consulting, serious about style, not so serious talk. I think our listeners by now know what we're all about, so I'll dispense with the usual and just jump straight into um, introducing our hosts. So first up, we have Bruce Flammer, owner of Michael Bruce Image Consulting and style guru. Hey, hey, what's happening? <laughs> Next up are my fellow queen ages. There's Beck, <laughs> our sensational stylist and travel enthusiast and thrift culture countess. I thought it was queenagers, like teenagers. Yeah, queenagers. Queenagers. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's just Hello. my accent, Beck. <laughs> uh. <laughs> then we have Stacy, our resident raconteur and pop culture princess. That's me wearing bubblegum pink today. Love <laughs> yeah. it. And I'm Pamela, image consultant, star savvy, music loving Brit transplant. There you go. Gang's out here. Yeah, it good is. To, good okay. to be good to be back. I'm glad I wasn't here last week, by the way. <laughs> you heard the show, did you? Oh, well, there was way too much talk about stuff. Hey, you guys really threw the curtain back and I was like, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked out well because then someone listening sent in a recommendation for a new kind of mascara for me to try. So I've been, yep. you know, swearing by mine, but now I've got someone else's okay. that I can try. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. That's exciting. Exactly. Give the people what they want. <laughs> more, more boob sweat. More boob sweat. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Oh my gosh. Oh. What you got in the news for us this week, Beck? So in the news this week is that Phoebe Philo is going to be launching her own line. So if you don't know who Phoebe Philo is, she was the um, creative director for Celine for 10 years and prior to that, Chloe. So if you don't know Celine, if you've never watched The Thomas Crown Affair with Rene Russo and uh, Pierce Brosnan, A, immediately watch it because it's a fantastic movie, but B, her wardrobe, oh my God, I want to be Rene Russo when I grow up and it's all Celine. So um, really classic lines, really great. Like Phoebe Philo got Joan Didion to be a model for her in an ad campaign, which I think is saying something. So I just think I'm really excited to see what she comes out with. I think her line is going to be great. Go Phoebe. Exactly. Yeah. And Plus, it's just really fun to say her name. I mean, come on, Phoebe, Phoebe Philo, Philo. Come Phoebe on. Philo. <laughs> now, right? No puff pastry there. She's all about simplicity. Yep, right on. <laughs> it's always good to have stuff going on in the news. I like it. I like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Hey, Pete, what's mm -hmm. happening with our playlist? Uh, well, um, as always, there is an eclectic mix, but um, ask me later once we've got into a conversation with our guest this okay. week. So there you go. My, the playlist that I've put together is kind of around the conversation that we might be having today. Oh, so we have a guest. Ask me later. Our, yeah. I will ask you later. <laughs> All right. So with that said, so let me introduce our listeners to today's guest. We have with us the fabulous Suzanne Vetharve. Did I pronounce that correctly? <laughs> Suzanne is mother of four. She is also the CEO of Boma Jewelry. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, it's our pleasure to have you here. Now, Suzanne has a really extensive bio, as in she has got a lot of things going on, but I don't want to dig into, like, kind of read her bio because I want to hear all that she has to say today. She's got um, a lot of some, you know, amazing things going on, not only with her company, but uh, what she stands for and what she wants to do for the planet. So, um, 
Bomajori, if if you don't know about it, is a local company. So Suzanne, why don't you just tell us a little backstory about Bomajori, kind of where it started, um, who started it, and um, we'll take it from there. Great. Um, so Bomajori was uh, founded by my parents in 1981. Um, both of my parents were immigrants. My mom was from Japan and my dad is from Thailand and they actually met in Seattle. They came here to study English um, and they started the company in 1981. And soon after they built their own factory overseas in Bangkok, Thailand, hmm. um, where my dad grew up. And so for the last, you know, uh, for 40 years, you know, we've been a jewelry company that's kind of been under the radar because we've always been a manufacturer for other companies. So um, we've done a little bit of retail in the past, but really our, our expertise is, you know, we've created for uh, Nordstrom, we make for Blue Nile, we work with, you know, major oh. retailers. Um, but we're behind the scenes. And so I, I joined the jewelry company about, um, I want to say five years ago. I was uh, still based in Bangkok at the time. Um, I was raising four kids. Um, I had just had my fourth and I had four kids under the age of five at home. And so you weren't busy at all. to go on the playlist. Absolutely, <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. I was, I was kind of, I was overwhelmed. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just decided to take a, a break from my career, which was in architecture and design. Mm. And um, my parents were like, why don't you go see what we're doing at the factory? You know, you, you, you don't really know much about this industry, but there's, you know, a lot of interesting things there. And I thought I would go there for like a week and just kind of help them with photography or something. And I just fell in love with the people. We have 200 people at our factory. And I was just so um, humbled by seeing people who were, you know, dedicated to like working with their hands and doing one task, you know, so um, thoughtfully for decades and being happy about it. Like at That's the end cool. of the day, riding their bikes home, you know, smiling, like sharing bananas with each other in the canteen and working in architecture and design before that, I, I never experienced that. Like I was <laughs> no. like stressed. You know, it was like a competition of like who was more busy and who mm -hmm. was more stressed. It was such a different, um, such a different work environment. And I really needed that. And um, that was the beginning of a four year kind of apprenticeship in production, like learning about how do we source our materials? Like who are the people? Um, you know, when we say our jewelry is handmade, I really understand what that means, right? Because it, you know, each piece of jewelry passes the hands of over 20 different people, wow. you know, through from start to finish. And, you know, and I didn't know all of those things growing up. So, um, yeah, it, you know, that's really, and then, and then I came back to Seattle. I moved back to Seattle three years ago because it was really, I think the time where I felt like, okay, we've got to get our story out, you know, we've got to talk about who mm -hmm. we are and what we do. I think customers want to know, you know, when you talk about transparency and sustainability, like who better to talk about it than us. Um, and that's really just been my experience, you know, coming back um, to Seattle. Um, that's when we started our process to get B Corp certified. And I'm really happy to announce that we just got certified a couple weeks ago. Okay, so, so what is B Corp certified? Yeah, it's, uh, that's a great question. So it's, you know, B Corp oh, is a really great uh, <laughs> movement, I would say it's, it's really, you know, the, 
the the driving force behind all of it is that you know b corps believe that you know businesses can be a force for good mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. believe in the triple bottom line which is people planet and profits so okay. you know as you grow your business as you run your business you know not only do we think about profits but we also think about how do we affect the people and how do we affect you know our planet or what's our environmental social um, and social footprint and so that's really important for me you know i think as the ceo of a company is to be aware of um you know the ways that we have to look at leading a company that are not just you know looking at the bottom line mm -hmm. or looking about at looking at profits and so um that three-year assessment and verification process was us i think kind of just you know getting ready for the the future right of yeah. you know setting the right policies in place um looking at what we do you know environmentally um we're not perfect socially we're not perfect so where do we start where do we benchmark and then where do we keep improving very um, cool very cool and you know yeah, it's, it, huge, and that whole huge, thing is not a trend so i mean it, it's yeah. really a super super important and it's great that you've yeah. kind of taken that on um, as a ceo of the company but I think that's huge kudos go to you because you are, um, Boma Jewelry is only one of five US-based jewelry companies that have earned the BE Corp certification, correct? That's right. And there's, I think, less than 20 um, around the world. So, you know, there's there's quite a lot of B Corps in different industries, but in jewelry, it's still pretty rare and it's pretty small. So, you know, we have a lot of work to do um, and, you know, having our own factory and doing our own manufacturing, I'm, you know, I'm very aware of all the ugly sides to to mm. what our industry, you know, is part of. And, and you know, we're really, you know, wanting to be transparent about what where we are today and then where we have to kind of keep going to improve on that. So when your parents started like the, I, to me, the recycled silver factor of it, I'm, I'm a, you know, as we talked about, I love thrifting, I think keeping close out of landfill is huge. When did you start with the recycled silver? Or was that always something that your parents even started doing when they founded the company? That's a great question. You know, I don't think they knew what sustainability was like 35 years. I don't <laughs> yeah. think thinking about that or like even sort of ethically doing things. But I think that, and then this draws from like my, you know, Asian background and living overseas, you know, in Asia for 10 years, I think it's really more this like value system of no harm. Hmm. So a lot, you know, our, our factors in Thailand, most of the employees are Buddhist. And so, you know, when it comes to anything, right, it's just like, how do we not do this without causing harm to others? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's always a footprint that we have and we can always improve on that, but we have to sort of confront it first and recognize that, we are causing harm some way or another. Um, and I just think that's like the biggest issue when I came back to Seattle and, you know, was working in the US is that I think we're so disconnected from how stuff gets made because mm -hmm. it's hidden. It's like, we're totally, you know, we have no idea. Um, it's so it's behind so many, you know, curtains and screens. And so um, yeah, that has been probably one of the biggest areas of opportunity. I think for me speaking out is like, well, we'll, we're not doing it the best, but we'll show you what we're doing. And then hopefully you'll ask more questions. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're buying costume jewelry or cheap jewelry and you're like, well, where's this going to end up in a month or a year from now? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, do I really need this? Right. Or is this helping in any way or, you know, hurting some way? I think if we could just get people to start thinking about, you know, those things uh, that that's what we hope to to be a part of you know um us just even you know rethinking a little bit more about our consumption 
I love this. Okay. We want to continue our conversation with Suzanne Vettier. And uh, we're going to, but first we're going to take a really quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk with you some more and ask some questions. You're listening to Wisdom from the Wardrobe with Michael Bruce Image Consulting. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered working with an image consultant or stylist, but were worried about what the experience would be like? If that sounds like you, then Michael Bruce Image Consulting is here to help. They've worked with thousands of people, and many of those individuals have shared their experiences by way of style stories. Go to michaelbruceimageconsulting.com slash style stories and check out what their delighted clients have to say about their experiences. Welcome back to Wisdom from the Wardrobe. We are chatting with uh, Boma Jewelry, Suzanne uh, Vettier. And we are, before the break, we were talking about the fact that your parents started this business back in 81. Uh, They basically um, brought their community and their ideas and have turned this into an amazing jewelry operation and that idea that uh, you were talking about of doing no harm and sustainability and the B Corp of, you know, the priority of people, planet, and then profit and all of that. Um, It really just started, it sounds like, out of who they are as people and their culture and community. And they knew exactly what you needed when you were like, oh, I got four kids. I got, my life is crazy. They needed, you needed to go to that factory girl. And look what happened, right? (laughs) Well, and I have a question about that. So you pursued architecture. So clearly your parents let you pursue what you wanted to do. And I think that jewelry designers very often have a very architectural Mm. um, sensibility um, in terms of how things are with space and the absence of space and that kind of thing. So it's kind of a two-part question of, who does the designs of the jewelry? You mentioned that, you know, you do some white label things for other companies, um, but then you also have your own things. And so there's that general question about how you handle that as a company. And then if you're drawn to design at all. Yes. So design is a huge part of my life. You know, um, I, I, I went to study architecture and design because I was really passionate about it. I married an interior designer and both of us are really obsessive about design. Um, but my career is one where I don't really design, you know, on a day-to-day basis. I feel like where I have, uh, what my role is, is kind of designing, you know, the strategy and the vision Mm -hmm. of the company. And so I, when I say design, it's because it doesn't exist Hmm. and I'm creating it and I have to be really creative and I have to be innovative about it. So I can't just sort of take a book and be like, I'm going to, you know, copy this design because I think that's where when I started with a company over five years ago, that's kind of what I was doing. I was like looking at the most popular jewelry brands and I was like, okay, we don't really have a retail entity. So let's just 
pick from this mm -hmm. and it was a mistake like every you know every time we tried to like look or feel like another jewelry brand it just didn't work and so mm -hmm. That's when I would get really great advice from my family and my friends. And they were like, you know, there's so many great things about who we are and what we represent. And there's actually almost zero people doing it the way we're doing it. So why don't we fully embrace that? And I have to say, I really made a lot of mistakes. Like I, I, I went in circles, you know, in many ways, because I think personally, almost, I felt like I wasn't courageous enough to be like, this is who we are. People will love it. Mm -hmm. You know, I can see it being successful. It took me some, you know, um, trial and error to like come back to where we were and to like understand what makes us different. So um, today I feel like we're really, you know, what, we're, what we feel really strongly about is this idea that, you know, yes, sustainability and ethics are really important, but we don't necessarily lead with that. So we don't want to necessarily be known as a sustainable jewelry company. We just mm -hmm. want to be an accessible, expressive jewelry company for all. Uh, we we do, we want to be very, you know, when I say accessible, it, it has a lot to do with our high quality and price too. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of women think that like ethical or sustainable jewelry is not for them because it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. But that's not really the case. I mean, we make everything with precious metals. We do sterling silver. Sterling silver is the same material that Tiffany's uses. Mm -hmm. Our products start at eighteen dollars. I know your and stuff is beautiful. Stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And you know, and I think there's a lot of confusion. You know, the reality is like the um, fast fashion. You know, um, fast fashion influence, right? Mm -hmm. In fashion really yeah. change people's understanding of like what they're paying for, what they should pay. When we used to work with like American Eagle in the 90s, we did everything in sterling silver. But mm. if you go to American Eagle today, it's not sterling it's silver. It's not, nope. Right, yeah, it's like zinc or other, yeah. you know, base metals. Um, but customers don't know that, right? And it's not their fault that they don't know that. So that's, you know, one of the areas that we're trying to work, you know, to overcome is like, um, part of it is education, you know, and part of it is um, getting people to kind of understand what to look for. But it's it's a big, you know, battle to kind of overcome and, and work against. But I think, you know, we we see the longevity. Mm -hmm. Like, I see where things are going in five or ten years. People are going to demand more from their brands, yeah. right? Like yeah. More mm -hmm. transparency, right. like more honesty about, you know, materials, like yeah. It's not going to go the other way. So just because it's costume doesn't have to be cheap and it doesn't have to fall mm -hmm. apart. So I appreciate that. Yeah. But we, we're also seeing that from our clientele, mm -hmm. too, that there is definitely and I don't want to call it a trend because I think it's it, it's not something that's going to go away. But more and more clients are asking for, you know, what sustainability, organic materials, mm -hmm. um, what's the recycling of that, you know, trying to step away from fast fashion, whether it's, you know, the fashion industry or jewelry. And I think the fact that you guys have taken that on board with jewelry so early on in the game, if you like, is, is something that you guys should be very, very proud of. And um, I think more people are looking for that and I, without us necessarily realizing that that's the direction that a lot of people want to go. And I think it's the right direction. I think that's right, Pam, though, is twofold. It's the sustainability and the quality. You know yes. what I mean? Like it's well-made. It's not going to fall apart. You know, yeah. I think that's the other piece of it. I also no, think absolutely. you're definitely, there's definitely a sense of where people want the brands that they purchase and that they wear or whatever to be responsible. So I love the fact that you're looking at as the, as the owner of the company, as what's the responsibility of your company to make sure that you guys are providing all of that stuff to uh, to your consumer? 
Well, and your brand's story reminds me of, like, the story of raising my kids. I, too, have four kids. Mm. You have them. both of you. Yeah, you, <laughs> you had yours faster. Mine were four and six and a half years, so my hat's off to you. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, your parents did something that was rooted in their interest and rooted in community and rooted in culture. And then, you know, you raise your children with that sensibility and they go off and they do their thing. And, you know, as they should, they go off and they do their own thing and they try to figure things out. And then they find out that, oh, there's some validity to what mom and dad have to say. Mom and, and dad know best. And, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's not just that, but it's going back to, you know, there is something to be said for looking back as we move forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things, um, sensibilities that are rooted in culture so often make sense. And aside from that piece, yeah, yeah, it's sustainable. And yeah, yeah, the story's cool. But it's really good looking. And I love the fact that you can stack. So my daughters both love to stack with lots of lots of rings on all the fingers now. Like growing up, it was like your ring finger. Mm -hmm. And if I was really being edgy, like my middle finger. But now people are just stacking tons of rings and the whole thing. And, And so many of your pieces, I'm a ring person, are so great and ready to be stacked. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I think that like, you know, I, I, I tend to sort of always talk about the brand story and the values behind, cause that's really what I'm passionate about. But, you know, at the end of the day, we make jewelry and it's really, you know, the, the, the wonderful thing about jewelry specifically is that I think it's very sentimental and it, or it doesn't have to be at all. Right. So, you know, you can have like a piece of string that you wear that could mean something so important to you. And that's jewelry. Um, and, you know, you could just have something really fun that you, you, you know, puppy earrings, right. That just reminds you of your dog. And so mm-hmm. that's the space where we want to stay in. And, and that's where we talk about expression and being inclusive because, you know, um, the jewelry industry is, isn't really that right. It's, it's highly um, exclusive. It's sort of kind of built around like you oh you know you need this thing right you're not mm-hmm. you're not fulfilled or full you know full without this thing and and that's not really where we want to come from i think we would just want to always be in celebration of you know the person who's receiving and the person who's wearing and you know and and i and i totally resonate with what you said about you know your children and that's really what's key to me too when i think about leading the company is you know i have three daughters um, and I have one son and I always think about my daughters when they're my age, you know, in another um, 25 years um, and what will they inherit, you know, and and I don't expect them to take over BOMA because I think that's too much pressure. But I hope that our company is still relevant in 30 years, you know, and not all companies really think about, right, that like, what's the next generation? Right, after? right. Just like, let's get to quarter four. Let's think about <laughs> a year from now. Right. And. I think that's the luxury and privilege we have as, you know, um, me being a second generation owner owners, we actually can think long-term, right? Cause we're privately held, you know, we're not, I don't have pressure from investors or banks telling me what to do financially. I, we'd get to do what we want. And I know that's a privilege and I want to, you know, take it really, you know, I want to do it as most as I can, but I, I, I try to stay really kind of, um, I try not to get distracted by these like short term, the short term noise, right? Mm-hmm. That sort of can derail you and make you want to follow something. And, you know, so 
Um, yeah, that that's that's where you know I hope what we able what we're able to do is that long term impact as well. Well, with your background, do you get to play with the designs at all? Do you get to be involved in the design process? Yeah, I I would say that I'm much more from a brand point of view, you know, like what the brand looks like and, you know, what kind of um, marketing, you know, campaigns we use, like, you know, digital content, you know, those are the things that I'm, I'm highly involved in. And and the, and the interesting thing is that I, I kind of thought, oh, I shouldn't be the person to say what those things should be. We should like hire someone else to do it. Or No, no, it. no. It, it should be you. It's your brand. You, <laughs> yes, no exactly. one knows your brand like you know yeah, your you brand. Yeah. And that, that, that's where I am today is where I, you know, I want to make sure that I am, I'm leading and I'm highly involved in, in what that looks like. But, you know, before we, we, we started looking like other brands because we would hire agencies mm-hmm. or people who didn't, you know, obvi- they, there's no way they could understand, you know, how our personal stories. Right. So, right. right. So if Suzanne wasn't inspirational enough with everything else that she's just talked about, Suzanne, I'd like to just quick touch on the fact that you are the founder of the BOMA Girl Fund and the BOMA Grant Program for the BIPOC designers. So how did that come about? Yes. So, so both of those programs are, you know, really wonderful opportunities for us to, I think, go more into our social programs. So the, the BOMA grant program is one where we basically provide uh, scholarships. We, uh, you know, donate money to the worker, the, the, the families of our workers. So the 200 workers that we have, um, you know, we have, a, we have a, 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 a fund where every year we donate a certain amount and we increase that amount year over year. And then we do scholarships um, every spring, which is the time before um, the Thai, Thai school year goes back to school. And so I think it's just a really great way for us to show that our, our commitment to our workers, you know, and it, I think it, a lot of it is built around community and it's great for me. Usually when there's no pandemic, I travel to Thailand every oh. three months and you know, I'm there and I, I see the kids growing up and I, you know, and it's really great for me to, you know, could be connected to my worker on a, you know, personal level. Um, I think not everybody has that, you know, ability to kind of know who made the piece and who is behind it. But I think that's what makes our quality exceptional, right? Is like, there's a human yeah. behind mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not, you know, every piece of jewelry starts from a mold and our molds are, you know, hand carved. They're not printed by, you know, 3D printers. That's it's not amazing. amazing. Well, we love the human aspect for sure with your well, company. And unfortunately, we've got to um, to end here. However, if you go to the site, um, and I think it's bomajewelry.com, it's B-O-M-A, you can um, go to the About section, the About tab, and you can hear all about your story, which is amazing, and buy some jewelry, which I will be doing. <laughs> and um, thank you so much to um, Suzanne for joining us. Your story is amazing. The jewelry is fabulous. And as a fellow mother of four, good luck to you. And um, thanks for listening to Wisdom from the Wardrobe. If you want to connect with us, go to our website, michaelbruceimageconsulting.com, and you can check us out on, of course, social media under Michael Bruce IC. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Suzanne. Yeah, thank you, everyone.
If you like what you're listening to and want to learn more about the team, get some great style inspiration and useful style tips on how to elevate your personal style, you can follow them on Instagram at Michael Bruce IC. That's Instagram at Michael Bruce IC.